Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minutes, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Raul Vega. I am on all social medias at Rose Drive Pod, Rose Drive Podcast. And I helped work on the score for Dawn of Justice. All right. Welcome back, Raul. It's good to have you. Thank you. Uh, for those who don't remember, he was with us on Man of Steel Minute, and we got to talk about uh, General Zod and Superman fighting. Uh, and uh, this week, we kind of see General Zod again, but uh, in a different shape and form. But uh, still the same, the very same angry person, right? <laughs> Continuity out the yin-yang. Out the yin-yang. Um, so cool. Today we're talking about minute 156 of Dawn of Justice, and it's going to start with Superman rescuing Lois Lane, uh, and then the minute's going to end with uh, Lois Lane rescuing Superman. Whoa. Uh, but in the, between that, we kind of get this uh, cat and mouse, and now that I'm saying that, I, I realize that Batman is kind of like a rodent, so it kind of fits. <laughs> um, flying mouse, if you will. It's cat, a game of cat and mouse between Doomsday and and Batman. Are you saying bats are like rodents? Are they are? Are they? They're like flying rodents. Rats with wings, right? I'm pretty sure a bat is a rodent. Mm. Unless I have no else. idea. You got me, man. Uh, if you do know, uh, find <laughs> us on all social media and let us know. <laughs> Let's set up a poll. Is a bat a rodent? Um, I- I'm pretty sure it is. It's some sort of uh, flying mammal. But anyways. Um, starting off in the beginning of this, uh, this minute, um, Superman is rescuing Lois Lane after Lois Lane got trapped in that, uh, weird baptism pool thing. Do you know what that is? I don't know why that was there in that building row. I don't know if, I don't know if you know, but no, I have no idea. I was, I actually, that's, that's something I, after we watching, I was like, oh, okay, this is. What is a set? What, what is this? <laughs> it's like underground, but it's like full of water, and then it's like a, a spiral staircase. It's like, and there's mermaid statues, so it's like, whoa! It's some weird wet pool, man. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a hot it, spring or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's like, okay, this looks like it was built to have water in it, um, but why? <laughs> um, Do you know that that little wet pool uh, outside of Lake Hylia that goes right into Zoro's domain in Zelda? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Oh, good call. You got, you know, you, you I got, got you. Me, you yeah. got me, man. Right. Yeah, so just, hopefully I just the wrong a crowd. few people. But I, <laughs> I, I know there's a place where you go fishing. I don't know if that's the same thing we're talking about. Um, it's in the same area. Then there's a like Frankenstein guy's house. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he rescues Lois Lane from that uh, very easily. Um, and... Uh, very easily and for, well yeah because he just in the last last week he just picked up the giant cinder wall and so it's like all right cool what is are the there uh, are there levels to drowning um or is it like if you if you're drowning like do you have to perform like cpr and get all the water out of their lungs because she she gets the water out of her lungs on her own self she coughs it up does that happen in real life do you can you just like drown for a, a few seconds and just come up and be like oh uh 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 i did it on my own <laughs> you know you know like i mean there is there's a way we can test this <laughs> i'm good i don't, I don't <laughs> but 
I, I noticed that too, though, right? Because she just she kind of just like flips over and she's like, "I got this, man." And yeah, she handles it, and then yeah. Unless the human body is still like trying to save itself, in which right. case it's like, "Hey, uh, I'm starting to breathe in air, so maybe we should get this water out of the lungs." And then I don't know. I don't know how that works because that's what it is. Right? At that moment when you're unconscious in water, like your lungs are full of water. That's why you're unconscious, right? Like, yeah. Or maybe you're just kind of. Well, no. Un- I mean, wouldn't unconscious uh, no oxygen to the brain? Yeah. So you're just like the water, like sleeper holds you, and then like, <laughs> oh god, and then you're just <laughs> out for a moment, and then you like wake up. I don't know. I don't know. I because uh, at some point it does. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Like you're you are dead. So. Does I know like someone can uh, use like the back of a chair to uh, do CPR on themselves when they're choking. That's oh, Heimlich. Hypoth- what, hi- the Heimlich. Heimlich. The Heimlich maneuver. What yeah. did I say? CPR? Yeah, I don't think it's the same. Uh, it's, Is it the same? <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not the same. No, it's Wait. not the same. No, it's not. You can do the Heimlich maneuver on yourself, but it's you still can't messing with CPR the lungs, on yourself. But yeah, it's really, it's close, but it's not the same. I was thinking that because he was holding her and she was kind of turned upside down, like she was like her the way her body was, like naturally the water would just leave her lungs and like come out of her mouth, like a like emptying emptying a, a like a, a bottle. Pitcher of water. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're talking about. <laughs> so maybe he just did one of those, and that's weird. The water just came out of your body. I don't know, uh, but kinda, it works. I mean, I kind of want to see Superman do some CPR. Um. That's like your yeah, your chest would like explode like alien. Doesn't Wonder Woman in in the movie doesn't Chris Pine just naturally cough up the water? He doesn't actually she doesn't perform CPR or anything. Yeah, I think you're right. He just like uh, I guess water is just going to I don't know. I don't I'm just waking up now. Yeah. I think I don't know. Is I've, it just some, is it Hollywood trickery? Um you just you can't do CPR anymore for drowning people. Yeah. It's too suggestive. Yeah, what if, what if that is the Oh case? my god, I didn't even realize that. What, what if, if it is? Hollywood is like we can't actually perform CPR cuz then people are just going to It's too sexy. Yeah. It's too yeah, it's two people kissing. So. I get like Wonder Woman, you know, like Steve Trevor, like you didn't want to have them kissing like right off the Yeah, right you can't do that. Whatever, so it's like but... oh, okay, well what if the human body just naturally did it? And they're like, yeah, that'll work. Maybe <laughs> Having a scene of Superman doing CPR would uh, raise more questions than it would actually, you know, help it. Yeah, we need to raise CPR awareness. Make sure you're certified. Everyone should be certified. Oh, snap. What if he's not even certified? Then he can't even do it. Then it's sending the wrong message. I mean, he's really not even certified to save the planet, so... But he does it anyways. We're at a crossroads <laughs> here, boys. Well, I want to see his certificate of approval in order to... Yeah. Says, sorry, ma'am. Not how many classes did he take at the Red Cross? Like, right. But uh, yeah, you know, Nate, I think you might be right about something about I, not having CPR in in, in, in movies. I have no idea, man. I'm just that a schmuck that really just weird, thinks. Like, I don't, if I don't know Hollywood did do CPR on Steve Trevor, then people would be like, "Oh, that's like that's the only thing." Kind of taking like, oh, away. You already kissed him. Then yeah, it's you're like, like taking oh. away that moment. Yeah, that which yeah. makes it great. But, That's really weird. And then I don't know about what Superman just can't kiss Lois Lane. I feel like it, it strangely would dilute any other kissing scene because physically you're already it's already happened. Well, That's he does. Weird. He does also kind of give her a look after of like, I kind of want to kiss you, but I kind of don't right now. 
you kind of just threw up a lot of water and it's a little gross. It's just all over the place, girl. Like, <laughs> clean yourself up. I'm gonna get some mouthwash for you. I'll be right back. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's actually what really happened when he disappears. He's going to get yeah. some mouthwash. It. Yes, let me go get that. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he does have like this very, very. I always like this about Henry Cavill and his Superman. It's just those nonverbal but like very sentimental moments mm-hmm. um and i really like that and he just, he just got that look man he's just, just he, he can look you to tomorrow yeah. is that a phrase you can say that i <laughs> think you make just, up i think you just made that up uh, yeah, I'm, but I'm, it worked i like I, it i got the concept it. yeah um yeah um it he, looks like he's almost like hey thanks for trying yeah <laughs> you, you did good kid yeah that's <laughs> great that's the modern day here's looking at you kid <laughs> well done man yeah we got it there we got there he, he and can that's... look he can look you until tomorrow <laughs> that's amazing uh he jumps into that pool to like basically finish the job of getting that kryptonian spear Finit he started it she didn't even get down there she got collapsed on she never oh, yeah, had she the didn't spear really try the, she was that's just... what i'm trying to figure out how deep this damn mermaid pool goes Right. Yeah, part of me would would have been like, can you just keep going down? Yeah, into Lake Hylia. I've been there as a water temple. Yeah, but you need the tunic to get in there. Uh huh. Um, do you think the cape hinders swimming? Because I feel like Ooh. they'd be swimming in like a giant blanket, right? That'd just Ooh. be a bad idea. If, yeah, I feel like it would slow you down in the least, create yeah. more weight. And... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he can swim really fast. He is Superman, right? So he could have just been like in and out. Right. But then you would just on the way back up, you would have to like turn around and make sure your cape is not gonna. That's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. You should have. Well, what is he gonna do with the cape? Can Superman take the cape off, or is it like in the suit? Does he give Superman... it to Lois too? I mean, that's the other. Like, here, hold on to my cape for me. <laughs> he should have. Yeah, he should have just been like, here, use this as a towel. Oh, before it got wet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But don't ever give someone a wet towel. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's the meanest thing. You... <laughs> I've been in that situation before. Yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what do I even do with this? Why'd you even do that? Why did you, why did you wash your hair when you knew we only had two towels? Clean? It's the equivalent of like, here, you want to use this napkin I barely use? It's like, dude, you use that napkin. Why would I use it? Like, I don't think I've ever given someone a, na- a pre-used <laughs> napkin before. That's a little. It's not fully used. You can still use it, anyways. But like, um, I want like I don't know, uh, Superman. Like, yeah, he got the suit with the cape on it, but can, can Superman it? just take the cape off? Like, if you wanted to, I'm sure he could rip it off. That's not what I'm asking for. I'm asking if you can just take it off. I don't. I don't know. I don't think he can. I think it might be actually. I think you have to remember the capes are like ceremonial things. So like you're going to a nice dinner, you wear your cape. You're lounging around the house looking for the codex on Haraka. You're not wearing a cape. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he wasn't wearing a cape in the beginning yeah. of that film. Zod wasn't wearing a cape, and at one point, but in the dream sequence, he was wearing a cape. And he took his cape off in when it caught Man on fire, though. Yeah, when it caught on fire, he just was able to take it off. I mean, so, I, I think you can. So in. Uh, the Dark Knight returns. Um, I'm pretty sure Batman takes his cape off before he goes to do that whole mud wrestling scene. Oh, where he fights that mutant king? Yeah, yeah. I think he takes his cape off because uh, there's something with the cape. Maybe he uses it in his. Does we're he? gonna 
there's there's something I feel like they remember there's something being about the cape and like thinking, oh yeah, that's smart because you're gonna get all <laughs> all muddy. <laughs> you have to. It's gonna get tangled, duh. You have to be able to take the cape off. Take it off, fold it, put it in a nice cross fold in the Do corner. It, yeah, like the whole like General Grievous taking your cape off style. That's that's what I want to see. Okay. And you just shimmy your shoulders. Yeah. You just do a little, do a little one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to say he can take off the cape, but he didn't. And uh, he's still novice Superman, so I'll let him have that, you know. Yeah. You just, hey, next time, kid, take the cape off. Take off the cape. <laughs> It's like jumping in the pool with your shoes on. What's wrong with you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, while he's going to do that, uh, we're going to jump over to this other Kryptonian who uh, is big, he's bad, and he's uh, noticed that this uh, guy in this black bat suit is just staring at him. <laughs> so he realizes that. And uh, you think Doomsday's like switching like vision spectrums like Predator when he's like looking through all this mess? You think he sees him as just like a heat signature? No way, because then he would have seen him later on in this minute. He would have been able to find him, right? I don't know. Well, well, Kryptonians have the ability to do that. They can switch between the different Yeah, man, he sees all visions of the spectrum. He just can't see see through lead, which is... Superman can do heat vision. X-ray. Like, like, uh, not heat vision, but like he can... He can do body uh, heat, yeah. Thermal. Infrared. Infrared. Thermal. Infrared. No, that's for... Listen, we got to talk about who creates these superpowers for Superman because he can't have all that. Yo, he can have all that. Does he have night vision? Ooh. I I mean, probably not like, you know, like goggles and like the green hue or whatever because that's like computerly generated or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like artificially. Cyborg that's not Superman a real thing. That. Yeah. That's not on the real vision spectrum. But like animal night I'm vision. sure he has like vision like a cat. Yeah. Like a tiger. That's a cat. It's just a type of cat. <laughs> um, so yeah, he he definitely. We'll, we'll go with that one. He has the. Uh, I mean, it's the only thing not on fire in this minute. So obviously, you can go and look at Batman and be like, "Hey, you're kind of standing up, and I want to kill you." Mm-hmm. So he just he's looking at Wonder Woman in the beginning, or. And then he immediately turns around and he goes, hey, wait a minute. What are you doing here? There was a, and there, Batman's like, yeah, you're right. What am I doing here? I'm just a flying rodent. Yeah. yeah. There was a Batman versus Predator book a while back. I think it was by Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Batman's suit has like the ability to cloak his heat signature. You know, like Arnold putting mud on him. You think mm-hmm. the bat suit? I I want to know. I I wish I had that book. Um, hey, if you're listening and you got that book, let me know if he uh, does something with the suit and it has any uh, thermal blocking abilities, like a cooling system, or like the the cake just... computer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, I'm pretty sure he just sees him just with regular eyesight, and he doesn't really have to use anything. But um, this shot of Batman, like, realizing... I got to get out. Yeah, realize, <laughs> like, last week we saw him kind of spectating the, the field. Yeah. Watching two superheroes battling this giant monster and kind of being on the sideline, like, this is... Uh, I don't recognize this world anymore kind of thing. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, and then having this giant monster actually look at you 
You no longer have the Batwing or anything like that. I don't even think he has his uh, grenade launcher, his Kryptonian weapon with him. So it's... Yeah, what, ca- did he like stash that somewhere? Uh, How do you hide he, that? He <laughs> dropped it behind Where that. He put it somewhere, I guess. I mean, like, he goes back to it, but... Yeah, he gets it later. He, I think he put it underneath that debris that he was that under. he crawled under? Yeah. Uh, He's like, I'm, uh, I'm going to leave you here. This is a good spot. I got to remember this spot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's, that's good. That's the Batman thinking that I want to see. Yeah. No and one even here, it but me. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like him scoping out, like, in the rafters and stuff. Oh, that's a great place to hide. <laughs> everything he does in this minute is like just trying to think on the fly which is really interesting because like besides like him having this kind of like oh shit like this thing's coming right for me and like they capture this so well with him you can tell he's kind of freaking out about this um well in contrast sorry in in contrast you look at wonder woman she kind of has this smirky confident like i got you yeah, like she's Look done this it. before. Yeah, not mm-hmm. her first rodeo. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you have all and confidence. So, in her. Like, all right, girl, you got this. You got this. <laughs> yeah, that's why. And that was like one of the things with like this moment, like um, you know, being the first time we see Wonder Woman in live action, and she's just having a blast. Like she's yeah. not, you know, Superman and Batman are over here, like f- trying to figure out their own lives and everything, and. And then on top of that, like deal with this monster. And she's like, all right, let's go kill this monster. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And so like Batman's like dealing with this. He's like, okay, uh, I need to get out of here because I realize I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. And it's one thing to like have your grappling gun and just like Batman out of somewhere. But I love that he has to look where he's going to shoot that thing because it's like you can't just shoot that thing and and like what what goes up does his arm go up first or does his head turn uh no he actually he lifts his arm up and then goes so yeah it's the arm first and then he has to which is terrifying that you have to take your eyes off of that monster and just like okay i can't think about that guy i have to look where i'm going to shoot this thing because Mm -hmm. if i miss or if it doesn't grab something reliable then this is all for not tomato soup yeah, and you're just tomato souped at that point. But, you know, like that, I love that. Like, that's such a great shot where it's like, okay, I have to be 100% certain about this, this, you know, this gun. And yeah, it's just, it's monstrous. You know, he barely gets out of there. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the music that that's happening in in this minute um what we were talking about last week because this whole this big final battle between the three superheroes the trinity if you will and doomsday um it it has almost all the themes of each superhero in it and so when we were showing wonder woman fighting doomsday you got to definitely hear the electric cello that was playing uh, Wonder Woman's theme and then the drums and the percussion behind it. Um, and then there was that minute where it was just Superman versus Doomsday and you kind of heard that classic chord progression from Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And in this one, um, you hear kind of like that, 
throughout the film you hear like that trumpet motif where it's like, like the quiet yeah, yeah, yeah like the death of the wayne's kind of trumpet um that same motif or at least the, the melody of it the rhythm uh is definitely in this part and you you hear it from the low brass instead of like just a trumpet and i think that's just it's just great that this whole bit of music this entire scene incorporates each one of their themes like within it and so like when you see this moment like you're hearing that batman kind of theme uh throughout and i just think it's great well one of the i think one of the fun things for composers uh, working on sequels, especially if they worked on the first one, is you already have this template of sound and identity. It's already there. And, um, you know, because especially when we worked on Man of Steel, that was the biggest challenge was figuring out, okay, who, what is the sound of the Man of Steel? What is the sound of Clark Kent? Mm-hmm. What's the sound of Superman? And in here, you already, all that's been sorted out. It's been figured out. So you have all this material that's pre-existing that you can build off of. And of course this film introduced a buttload of new characters to, 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 to throw onto that. Um, but I, it's, I think what's kind of fun is when you can kind of find way to ways to weave them in and out, especially if musically they don't always like they're so independent by themselves and finding that really interesting way of blending them. So it doesn't feel forced. And the mm-hmm. first, the beginning of this scene, you have, you have Lois and Clark's uh, love theme from the first film um, that plays in that really gentle piano thing that kind of comes and it comes in later. And then you go right into those really intense war drums when we're going back to the fight scene doomsday and when, uh, and yeah, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, it's always fun when you can kind of see all these different music identities, musical identities kind of merge into one. And that's something that obviously Hans and Junkie, know how to do very very well because junkie uh he he was an additional writer on man of steel and Mm -hmm. he did a lot of the uh a lot of the percussive stuff and rhythmic things on the first film um so naturally having them work together on this one was just i mean there was there was nobody else that that could have achieved that great um sound it was the same kind of crew of people uh but it was yeah i'm I, d- I definitely this this these following the the next couple of scenes are musically some of my favorite in the entire movie and i can't wait to jump on those so i'm gonna nerd all you listeners out with this <laughs> oh yeah um it's weird that you don't hear that um there's obviously uh an avengers theme you know there you know alan yeah. silvestri i think uh helped mm-hmm. uh create that that avengers theme right but you know it's something that I feel like maybe that universe may be lacking is I don't know if there are themes for those other characters. Like, I don't know. And like, yeah, you, you play the Avengers theme when you have all the Avengers doing stuff, but it's, I mean, well, like, yeah, it's like Iron Man's theme was kind of like the black, black sabbath song where it's like oh yeah how are you gonna turn that into like you're just gonna have the avengers song playing and then just like raymond, oh yeah just you know black sabbath is just gonna come screaming in like right. what i think raymond jawadi who does like game of thrones pacific rim he did the first soundtrack mm-hmm. for the first iron man film but they don't reprise themselves anywhere you know they're yeah. they're isolated in that one film and then when the next film comes out like 
have the new yeah, score. Yeah, and... but you don't hear much of, uh, you don't hear like a Thor theme. You don't hear like a Captain America theme. And you really don't, like, because those don't really exist, like, you don't even see them blended the way you do in these films where it's like, you know whose theme that is. And you right. know that infamous, like, Man of Steel chord progression. Um, even, like, Lex Luthor has this thing. And then, like, when it's all seen in the film, like, it blends. And, like, you you pick up on those things and it like, it works so well and they're so well blended together. And it's like, you don't get that with in the Marvel universe. You know, it's, yeah. I was going to say something about that too. Cause it's, it's certainly not for lack of talent from the composers, right? These composers are the mm-hmm. best in the world. Really. And some of these cats are writing the music at our studio, have their own studios there. Um, uh, and so, you know, I've kind of seen things and heard things and, it's it is it's really unfortunate because you you get the score and you're like oh this is some really cool music why didn't hear any of this during the scene or i didn't hear any of this like what is captain america's theme what is ant-man's theme what are and they're they make them so um i I mean i'm gonna put it on the studio (laughs) because i have zero powers i have no problem saying this (laughs) (laughs) um I, I feel like they just they water it down like Disney and Marvel water down the music aspect of it. And they're like, let's just make it this. Let's make it sound like this without really giving that strong identity to these characters, um, which is something, you know, obviously something that Hans is known for is that identity and giving these sounds for, you know, uh, for the scenes and for the characters and their whole journey. But that you're right. That is the thing that's lacking, especially for me. I thought I was the only one who noticed it. In all the Marvel films and TV series, the themes are just, they're not, they, they don't have the room to flourish like mm-hmm. the other ones. So unfortunately, they always end up kind of like, okay. like This is kind of ambiguous or something. Yeah, yeah. And and it, it's unfortunate because it, you know, it's such a huge part of the, of the process, the film and the music's always great, but it's just missing that one bit of like identity of like, oh man, yeah, this, when I hear this tune this is the superhero the action here that I like, I want to see that I hear that I identify with it. They're so mm-hmm. embodied yeah. in it, you know? Um, yeah. And that's, that's actually a real bummer for me. And actually doesn't, it's, that's why personally for me, obviously, cause you guys know I'm a musician and composer and music nerd. That's what makes it a little harder for me to connect on some of those films. Cause I'm kind of like, all right, here, like you may as well just put some generic backtrack in the background, yeah. and, you know, and, uh, and you're going to get the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I I do appreciate that. And that was a big thing. I will say that on this film, one of the biggest challenges was um, not that I had anything to do with it. But, you know, I remember hearing them saying like, all right, well, we have Superman's theme. Now we have to write eight others, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, setting up for all these films. Yeah. You know, all these characters, little ideas and themes that you know, while it may not necessarily be mastered and helmed over at our studio, because they're going to go to other composers, um, you know, you're setting that up uh, for them. Um, mm-hmm. And Rupert, who did Wonder Woman, he has a studio at our studio, he has a room there and he has his own stuff. And so, you know, that that transition was relatively smooth from what I understand, just because it's like, OK, well, you know, we're going to incorporate her theme into the film. But he still obviously made his own score, right? It wasn't all just that. Um, yeah. But, he, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't no, want to. No, 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 no. I was just rambling at the point. The, the, I'm just, I'm heavily agreeing with you guys bringing up the fact that, like, 
a lot of the times in the Marvel world, the music clearly is not, you know, a very, it's not always given the attention. I personally feel like it deserves. And there's that lack of connection with um, kind of the characters and their themes because it's usually drowned out by sound effects or dialogue or something. You don't really have that identity that's like really making an imprint on you. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't, it's not the composers. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it's the studio that's like, eh, let's just, let's just put some more water on this. And <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It seems like there's, you know, more of a um, emphasis on uh, the visual aspect, I guess, uh, more so in the Marvel or maybe universe. just, um, I don't know, maybe it's, not even not visual, just like attention to, capturing, you know, we seem to associate those characters with the licensed music that goes along with it, which is great, which is fine. What do you right. mean? Um, like uh, Thor and like Led Zeppelin and then like Guardians of the Galaxy and their volume mixes and, and then mm. Black Panther, obviously like I've that Black Panther album is amazing. Why wouldn't I associate it? With like, like I mean, it's hard to it's hard to actually think about the the music that went into the film uh, compared to like the actual licensed music. So yeah. it's like I think of that more often. Um, fortunately, they did create the Avengers theme, and it does have a lot of impact when you see it in trailers and you see and you recognize sure. it as the Avengers theme, and then you go, "Wow, I'm really excited for this movie." So I wish they would notice that and be like, hey, why don't the others have like their own themes? Because mm-hmm. this is obviously working in the trailer. You know, like we don't see the new Thor trailer and we don't resonate with any other music. So they use like licensed music. Yeah. Like we don't go, wow. Like when that Thor theme kicked in, like I was really feeling it's like, I don't even know what the Thor theme is. Right. Like, I don't even, if yeah. you ask me right now, I wouldn't know. But um. Like, thankfully, they have the Avengers theme. I wish they would use it more often. Um, but yeah, as soon as you brought up Rupert, I was like, yo, I, I could talk for days about how like overly impressed I was with him. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one, respecting the theme that was already in place with Wonder Woman and like bringing that in. And then everything he did for that film, I was like, damn, this is this is good yeah, stuff. It's like, and uh, yeah. I can't wait to see what happens with Aquaman. And it's like, <clears throat> just just i'm ready for it yeah <laughs> it does always seem that i mean it might be token of warner brothers but at least with the dc's characters that they have i can relate music cues to you know almost all of them and it has I mean, a lot of it was from like the animated series like if you you know anytime batman animated series like that you know cue comes on like you know that oh yeah that's batman same with you know superman adventures like you just kind of know exactly what they sound like even um you know uh batman 89 like you can just kind of like someone just starts to play anything from that it's like oh yeah that's that's batman right. mm-hmm. the i mean sony understood that with spider-man but i don't know if it's still with this new spider-man like as far as his his themes go like i don't know if they're gonna try and reinvent the wheel as far as his theme or because the the two other franchises, two other Spider-Man franchises, they they kept it and they were like, hey, we can we can modernize this for our time and and like we can make this or we can make jokes about it. But as long as they're recognizing it, like you can still associate with it. Yeah, you can still be like, hey, I understand what that theme is and yeah. I understand why it's being used here. Um, but I can't remember if Homecoming actually used the theme. Well, um, I I think one thing that's been that's 
gone forward and maybe we're getting off track here but i think at least with the spider-man stuff it's i mean it's gone through the hands of danny elfman you know uh hans james horner michael giacchino i mean it's gone through a pretty strong list of composers now uh that but there's been one constant texture that all of them has been have been using and it's these really fast like high string runs that are just like and it's it's really interesting that that's kind of been the one thing that's been constant no matter how different some of these themes are between each each you know product and franchise and version there's still always these fast webby sounds that have just transferred over as like okay as long as we can keep those as a big part of it that's that's kind of spider-man's thing is this really quick fast like you feel like these legs are crawling all over your body with the way they do these violin lines and are just i'm amazed but uh and 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 even the same can be said for for uh for batman i mean there's so much brass in his theme and all oh yeah and all of from danny to hans back to danny you know and with uh also with junkie because he 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 was the one who was helming Batman's all of Batman stuff in this, which was a very strong point. I know Hans wanted to make sure that he was like, I don't, I already did my Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Batman. Um, but even that still had a lot of heavy brass and that's always kind of been, you kind of associate that brass sound with, with Batman. So mm-hmm. it's interesting how these have all carried over in one way or another without us really thinking about it, different composers, different films, different stories, different lines. But those colors are always consistent within, you know, those characters are like embedded in it to where like if we heard a Batman theme without brass, that was just like drums or something or, you know, it, we, we may feel we may not notice it right away, but we may feel like this. That doesn't feel like Batman, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, like it just would be you would definitely tell it they were going a different direction with it. Like, like it would almost seem on purpose, like. Right. Like we purposely recognize how Batman has been written and we're, we're definitely turning in a, a new direction or something. Right. Um, in this minute. So he, he jumps away from doomsday uh, or flies away. However you want to describe it. He gets away from doomsday. And uh, if we didn't talk about this shot, uh, what would this podcast be for? Um, but Nate, you want to, you want to hit this one? Yeah. It's like the cover. <laughs> it's like the it cover. was all over the place man it was just everybody freaking out oh my god have you seen the screenshot it's just like the cover like yeah yeah it's cool right yeah that's the it's whole just point. what it is that's yeah what, that's what we do here i mean that's like that is uh this shot which is blatantly the you know the iconic image of frank miller's the dark knight returns i mean we knew this was going to be one of the source materials for this film and uh, this is one of those things where you go, you know, Larry, you know, Zach, you guys, you guys have it nailed down when you want something uh, in live action, like on film and making it practical, though. Yeah, so that's what that's what it gets me about this shot. Like, it's not just him flying through the air with, you know, Carrie Kelly and her knees tucked up to her chest, but he's like, you know, it, it, there's an actual reason for the pose Mm -hmm. by the way does he have two grapple guns are you watching this right now he's swinging in in his left hand and then he goes and then shoots the grapple from his right oh uh i I think it's just one it's just one and he's just like holding on to the thing i don't i don't know he like unhooks it maybe he unhooks it and this immediately turns around 
Um, that's to, besides the point. To me, the the beauty is is always the cape work. Uh, the something about the visual effects done for for the capes in these films um, that is the most beautiful thing. And it, it's it's seeing this cape fall down to the side, but then mm-hmm. also kind of um, just like kind of fan flow, out like, like that. Yeah. flow forward as he as he's pivoting, and just watching that cape drop uh, with just the physics of it. That's to me. That's beautiful. It's pleasing. Yeah, and you know he's he is literally just flowing with like that that combat, you know. And so it's beautifully done. Um, and you know it, despite what you may feel about this film, you know whether you liked it or not, or it's the best film in the world or the worst film in the world. Like these shots, I don't know if they can be argued with. They, they just are. You know that this is something that Larry Fong and, and Zack Snyder are really good at doing because they say, I want that. Yeah. And then they go and make it happen. And if that's not the beauty of filmmaking and visual effects and just visual storytelling, like, I don't know what is because, Hey, you captured that and you killed it and uh, you gave it a reason, you know, it's not just to have the shot. They didn't, you know, they didn't start off a scene with this and like go, well, we want that shot. It's like, well, you you threw it in the middle of this giant battle because he's trying to escape this giant alien, uh, and so it just it just everything about it just works so well, um, and yeah, it's just it's beautiful, and th- I'm thankful that we have it, you know, um, and uh, yeah, so he's like turning around, he pivots, he he gets away before he's even hit by another uh heat vision blast which is you know just obliterates where he just was um and this is kind of where we see kind of like the veteran type batman the batman that's been doing this for so long and you see him kind of take these this uh kind of recoveries like hitting the wall as he as he gets to the next one he he's not as best as he can be like he used to be like um I don't really know how to describe it, but like this makes sense that he's struggling to get away from this giant alien because he's not fighting Bane. He's never fought an alien. Before. Yeah, he's not <laughs> like, fighting the vision. Joker. Like he's he's having problems here, and he's fighting in kind of like this uh, post-apocalyptic part of Gotham now because this alien just destroyed everything around them. Like they created this giant set where it's like, hey, it almost looks like the end of the world here, and. Uh, we have this guy in a bat costume trying to deal with that. Yeah. So it's just really awesome. But uh yeah, you see him fall and then he just he like Yeah, what out. is what is that? Is that's like a that's like an evasive, just like instinctual Batman. Let me just throw a smoke grenade to cover my jump. I'm pretty sure it's like a lead grenade, isn't it? When he I don't just know. another one. I don't know. I don't I don't know if we ever got confirmation that, that his regular smoke grenades are lead. Mined. No, they are. Are they? Yeah, they are. Oh. They say uh they say the periodic PB for yeah, lead. Yeah, it says it on them. Does it? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I didn't. I don't. I don't remember us. Uh... Hmm. Anyway. So that. yeah. So okay. So lead line smoke grenade. So he can't see through. So yeah. That's just like a classic Batman tactic. Like yeah, it's smoke like, grenade it's jump. Like Kryptonian. So obviously, I got to use the the lead grenade. And uh, yeah, it's I I cannot get over how good this doomsday look i know there's a lot of a lot of hate for this design of this doomsday but 
regardless of that, like the rendering of this beast as he comes out of the building and just seeing the lighting on his back and like you could see the bone and the detailing and everything. It's just a giant monster. It's like yeah, so man. cool. Um, and so, yeah, he's just continuing to chase Batman. It's, it's an amazing scene um, just because you really see Batman kind of like on his toes, like he's not winning. He's not being, he's being badass, but he's not being too badass. <laughs> um, and then you see like uh, something I kind of want to point out because we'll come back to it later. I don't know about in this week, but maybe next week is uh, when Doomsday lands uh, and he's kind of looking for Batman, trying to figure out where he went. You kind of see what looks like a cross, but I'm sure it's just a broken power line. Power um, line. Yeah, not. The, I'm assuming it's just rebar not from the, the building from the Goofy movie, but yeah, uh, Stand good up. song. Yeah, <laughs> good song. But uh, yeah, these uh, these crosses uh, they'll be pretty important later on after something big happens in this scene. But um, yeah, um, if that's not the first dead giveaway, the second dead giveaway, mm-hmm. I guess Doomsday would be the first. There's a, there's a yeah, there's a lot of there were a lot of crosses throughout this film, right? I think there were. There's a lot of crosses like in this moment. Like once you know that right there, I mean, hmm, it's hard to say. When you throw Doomsday into a fight with Superman, you already know the outcome of that if mm-hmm. the story hasn't been told. Um, this uh, is just kind of solidifying that because there were crosses and such like that in the book. Oh, were there? Oh yeah, for sure. There's uh yeah, the cover is like his cape on like one of those, and then there's like another one in the back where it's like a cross. Hmm. It's like building rebar. Yeah, I thought it was a power line. <laughs> um, and then, um, so yeah, so just keep that in mind. And um, we cut back towards the end of this minute. Um, Superman, I don't know how to describe this really. Matt, our other kind of yeah, somewhat of a co-host who sometimes shows up on the show. This is a funny moment for him. Um because it's if you think about it, it's like a clear cut between like him going to get the spear and then he just floating up because now he's unconscious. Yeah. So it's it's a rather weird pacing for him, but he always found it really humorous that he's like, "All right, I'll get the spear," and then he's like, "Oh yeah, then he's just hey, hey guys, I'm like back." And he's like unconscious. <laughs> um. Now is that just a uh, 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 Kryptonian buoyancy? What's going on here? Floating back up is can he just do that normally? Is that just like oh Maybe yeah? He almost he's made a man it. of steel, shouldn't he sink? Maybe he almost made it. <laughs> he should have just uh, swim to the very bottom and then kick off and then shoot back up, grab the spear, and he's not a Superman. He doesn't really know. I'll, I'll teach him one day. I feel like um, maybe he did try to kick up, but if he was close to the kryptonite, the kick probably wasn't that good. So I'll call Henry Cavill one day and be like, "Hey, let's let's figure this out." <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so now Lois Lane is rescuing Superman from, uh, from drowning. No CPR needed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you guys, uh, you guys got any other notes for this one? No, I think that's it for me. Uh, I think that's it. Cool. 
Alrighty, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and also the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. Uh, hit up us up on there, and I'm going to try to figure out how to talk. Uh, but you can join us and other guests and other listeners to talk about this minute or any other minutes that you're catching up on. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys tomorrow for another episode of DC Cinematic Minute.